All right, what's up? Welcome to the Stella Fellow Podcast. I think I did that thing where I sang it again. I don't know why I do that. Ryan used to do that. Just crazy. Now I'm doing it. So, way to go. Hey, shout out to Andrew Holder, also known as Produce, for making the uh, EP for this thing. Uh, it is, yeah, EP. I sometimes like to say IP, but whatever. So, check him out, Andrew Holder. I don't know what his Instagram is, but you can check him out on Spotify or on iTunes. He's got some really cool stuff. So, very creative. Bean Roaster, shout out to you once again, buddy. I'm going to fade that thing out. Look at that. That's quality intro. I love it. So, we're 45 seconds in. Happy Friday. It is Friday. The blog that went out today is tips on raising a teenage girl or tips for parenting teenage girls. So, we'll kick this thing off uh, because... I have a 13-year-old, almost 14-year-old girl in the house, and even today was like, whoa, yeah. So uh, this morning was fine. This afternoon, actually later this morning, they had a pep rally, and somebody dropped her. She's a cheerleader, and they dropped her from the stunt, and the world has ended today, November the 8th. Today was the day, and it all ended. So, And that's how it happened, so you all know. Grapevine, Texas. Cheerleader got dropped. World's done. So, <laughs> here we go. I started this thing out. It says, it says, which is what I said, I'm convinced that the mind of a teenage girl is the most complex thing in the world that no one other than Jesus understands. I'm also convinced that my kid doesn't understand her own mind either, which I think is fair. Like, I've, I, here, I'll say this. I have no idea what it's like to be a teenage girl. I never was one, and I never will be one, so I don't know. i like never been in that mind. I've watched it, though, and I've I've watched the mind of uh, a teenage girl who was 19, who I started dating, and then as that mind aged into her 20s and now into her 30s, and we're knocking on the door of the 40s. That's, like, coming soon. So I've, I've seen that, and I've lived with it, and I've had conversations with it, and built a family with it, and run a business with it, and traveled with it, and been best friends with it, and been uh, fighting enemies with it, and all those great things. I still don't understand the mind of a woman. I, I just don't. I don't get it. They th- At least the one I live with thinks differently than I do. And then st- raising one, like meeting one the day that she was born, and then fast forwarding through like when she's two and when she's four and when she's six and when she's 10 and then when she turns into a teenager like we've lived the only moments I've yet to live in close space proximity with are uh, actually I mean, that's not true because when I grew up I had a, a sister that was two and a half years older than me so I've I've seen the 14 to 18 years but not in this environment so that's the next phase for us and I am lost as probably most of you are, and that's okay, right? It's like, she's our first kid. We have two kids. Our son is 10. Our daughter will be 14 as of right now, and she is the one that, like, we learned to parent with, plain and simple, and then the other one is he's different. He's got a different uh, personality. He's got different traits and characteristics and likes and dislikes, and he's easier if we're being honest to parent, and he really is. It's just like, turn the TV off, bro. Cool. Done. Uh, put the video game up. Seriously, bro, put the video... Okay, cool. And, w- and we move... So stuff like that. And on the other hand, as I finished the first paragraph, I said, 
there are days when I think she's going to laugh, cry, or punch somebody all at the same time, and nothing has happened at all. And, like, well, what do you do with that? I don't know. Uh, give her a hug and a kiss. What do you do when she pushes you? Nah, do it anyways. Um, so here's here are the things that I've learned as of late. Like, how do I deal with all that goes on? And hey, I'm going to read the second paragraph. Here's what I've noticed as of late. She's going to wake up angry every morning. That's just how it is. Like, the way our family works, we all get up. She typically gets up first right now. Um, because she has to be somewhere before anybody else does. And so her first thing is where, okay, we're starting the day that way. we got to get her there first. So she get, usually gets up, walks in our room, and is like, get up, we're late. We're not late. Nobody's behind. Like, I'm going to get up, help Ryan make the bed, make breakfast. Ryan's going to make their lunches, pack them, get them all ready, and then I'm probably going to be in the car with our son before she's there, and I will probably have taken her bags, but she's still frustrated from moment one. And she's she's going to go to bed angry, and she's going to wake up angry. That That's just how it is. And she's going to get her feelings hurt at school. There's going to be a new dramatic incident every day. It doesn't matter. Like the, I, I don't know how girls go through elementary school, middle school, and then I guess probably high school. Their friends groups change. Not like my friend group kind of morphed. When, when I was in elementary school, there were a certain group of guys that I kind of ran around with. And then we hit middle school, and that shifted, and I hung out with a different group of guys. And then it was kind of like different environments, too. It was like, these guys, guys I hang out with at school, my neighborhood, those guys were pretty consistent because we all lived there for most of the time. And then in high school, it changed, or neighborhood school, and then like church. And so those were different pockets, and there was some overlap because of who went to school where and whatever. And... And then the summers, you kind of gravitate to, like, who's the easiest to hang out with and how does it work. Fantastic. And then it changed again in high school. We started driving, and so that shifted, and then we hit college, and same thing. And But, but it all kind of went with the seasons of life is how I remember it. Girls seem to change friend groups every six minutes. Like, literally, like, sh like there's one kid hanging out this weekend, and then the next weekend, it's like, oh, they're mean, and they're bullying me, and, and you're like, like I want to be sensitive to that. Like if that's really happening, then sure. Let's let's. What can we do as a parent to help? You know, love, protect, direct, shepherd, and you know, steer the whole thing. And and what are you doing wrong? And at the same time, like there's, it feels like there's an extreme insanity. To there's zero consistency across the board. As I as I just watch, I'm like, there were times starting, I think, in second grade, maybe even first grade, that I would pick Tanner up and we'd be walking home and she's telling me whatever dramatic story happened that day and I couldn't even follow the storyline because it like their names are coming in and the and it's just it was like it's mind boggling, at least for my mind. And I'll just keep going through this. There's gonna be a new dramatic event each day. They there may be two or three of them. There's gonna be um, scoot back. She's going to speak rudely to her mother, her brother, and sometimes even to me on a daily basis. I catch the least of it. Ryan catches the most because they're the most alike, and so they butt heads the most. Dax catches the next because he's the little one, and I think she feels like she can kind of push him around and, and stuff, but he's actually pretty tough. Like, when the fights happen, it's like, well, I don't know if you need to do that anymore. And th and and then I'll catch some of it, but not nearly as much as the other two. I, I'm the biggest. <laughs> 
which is not normal for me. Typically, that's that's not a thing. Only I'm only the biggest in my home, and then I leave, and then uh, we're fun size. The party size Snickers, that's us, the whole family. And regardless, oh, just did it again. That's the word. There's a blog coming out uh, next week that says how to stop saying stupid stuff all the time. And my word is regardless on this podcast. That's what I think of that. I need a soundboard. Every time I say it, I'm going to go. <sighs> Tanner's annoyed by all sounds. And she's annoyed by all sounds that are not her choice or made by her. And I'm not totally sure if she likes any of us at this moment in the family. But she loves Nanny. We know that. Other than that, it's all questionable. She wants money. She doesn't want to work for it. And she expects a new phone for Christmas. And she's already planning out what kind of Jeep she wants when she turns 16. Like it should be in the driveway with the bow on top. And this is what it needs to look like. The bonus from that conversation is, one, I drive a Jeep. And it's it's pretty cool. It's white with uh, the cool, like fastback top on it uh, and some flat fenders and then I got these new inserts to go. I got a, a tree fell on it last summer like a legit tree <laughs> on my Jeep and so I got a new roof and a roof kind of like a wolf and then a hood that's got a scoop we got to get it painted. That has helped steer the ship on her desire to want a Jeep but she doesn't want a new one. She wants like an 80s or 90s Jeep two door white maybe red I'm steering it towards white because I like white Jeeps. So that part's that part's easy for me and fun. Doesn't matter. Things are crazy. Like I'm mad when I wake up. I'm mad when I go to bed. I don't like noises that other people make. Mom annoys me with everything. I'm gonna be as mean and rude as I possibly can. Where's my phone? I need a new one. This one's cracked. Give me another one. And someone shut my brother up because he's a pain in the butt. Kind of how that like that's our world right now. And it's like. Tomorrow we do the same thing, and like what? Do, okay, what do you do about that? Like, those are basic things. Those are like major problems, right? Those are those are minor problems, and it's just a, a part of growing up. And how do you teach a kid to relationally interact at an appropriate level with your family? Again, those aren't big problems. Like I'm, this isn't the blog. I'm like, it's so hard. No, I'm not. Is it a challenge? Heck yeah, it's a challenge. Do I understand it? Absolutely not. But here's three things that I found. Always address the words of disrespect and unkindness towards her mother or her brother, meaning when they're in the home. Definitely want to address it when we're outside, but every time it happens inside our family unit, I have to address that. And Tanner is one of those individuals that if you let something go one time, you let it go all the time. Like the exception is the rule. As soon as the exception takes place, now we're going to take advantage of that. And so I have to make sure that I am fully, and Ryan gets frustrated with me at times, if I'm distracted, if I'm not listening, if because it all fades for me. Like when they when they get into it, if I'm doing anything at all, then it, then it fades. And it's just all muddled like wah, 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 because they have the same personality. And so it's a, like right now it's a constant just like right again and it, it after a while it just kind of mutes in my mind I don't I'm not generalizing guys I'm generalizing me it gets muddled and muted and so I don't always hear it and so there are times when Ryan's like you gotta you gotta be a parent 
She doesn't say like that. That's not how she sounds. She's if you know Ryan, my wife, she sounds differently. But in my mind, that's how she sounds. What you did it? Yeah, that's how she sounds in my mind. Sorry, babe. So I have to like be intentional about it. And when I make sure to insert myself, it doesn't like it doesn't fix the problem. It doesn't change it. She's going to be rude again in about six seconds. And in fact, she probably is going to yell at me then. But at the same time, my my job is always to be the one that is. Uh, it, is that what I want to say right now? I'm going to scroll down through this thing. Yes, that's what I want to say. My job as dad or the man in the house is to protect our family from whatever is hurtful or harmful, period. Whether it's coming from outside or inside, doesn't matter. Like My job is to insert myself and, hey, let's, again, we're not going to fix the problem today, but we're going to address the problem, absolutely. So one thing I found is the consistency of always addressing the problem and addressing it appropriately. If I start yelling and screaming and throwing stuff, that doesn't help, right? If you read that blog, Single Dad, for a week, that was a week. Hats off to any of you who are single parents with consistency. That is a challenge and a half, even when there are no major problems. Again, it's like just the every day is a lot. And our trash can, my parents are in town. They, they came in last night, and uh, I walked in the laundry room. My mom had walked in there. She's like, what happened to the trash can? I was like, you didn't, you didn't read that vlog? Because I took a moment that week and beat the living crap out of the trash can. So at the... The moment when I body slammed the trash can, dropped an elbow, and then kidney punched it is when I realized that I about lost my mind. So that was a low and high moment because it, I, it was funny. It really was. I was very angry at the time, but I was also laughing inside like, I just, I just murdered the trash can. And then I took a picture of it. If you didn't read that blog, go back. It's called Single Dad for a Week. Picture of the trash can on there. We named him Trashy. Because he's pretty trashy now. <laughs> Almost did it again. <laughs> so I have to engage all the time, right? There's an odd pause. Apologize for that. Number two. So uh, number one, again, was always address words of disrespect or unkindness because those are consistent things with our teenager. Don't know if it is with yours, but it is with ours. Just the way that words are used typically aren't used appropriately, and so I have to address it every time. Number two, treat her like she hasn't done anything wrong. Now, what I want to emphasize on this is I, I'm not letting things go. That's why I put the first one first. Like, always address it and appropriately deal with it, right? So if you're gonna, if you have to be sent to your room, then we send you to your room. If I have to take your phone, I'm going to take your phone. If you're grounded for a week and you can't hang out with your friends on the weekend, we, we made a list of agreements with Tanner when we gave her a phone this last year. And any time we're out of line on those agreements, part of that was being respectful in the way you speak to your mom and your brother and your family. And anytime she offends those, then it's like, okay, we're going to, like, you don't get the phone right now or whatever it is that we think is the appropriate disciplinary act is what we do. So we're at that age now. Like I said, she's going to be 14 next month. We don't spank Tanner anymore. We did when she was growing up. If that offends you, I don't really care because we're raising her. You're not. So what you do with your kid is your business, not mine. And so I won't tell you how to do that. If you want some tips or advice, I'm happy to tell you what I've learned, um, but whether it works for you or not, I don't know. We stopped doing that with her, though. I don't spank Tanner, one, because it's weird, because now she's almost 14, and number two, she's too strong for me. There, 
I've been working with high school kids, teenagers for almost 20 years. And there are now, like the guys I work with now that are uh, they're football players, most of them are far bigger than I am, and they're very strong. So I don't really mess with those guys. The majority of high school guys over the 20-year period of time, though, most of them are guys that if we started wrestling, I'm probably not going to lose. And like that, I'm not tooting a horn. I'm saying like they're high school kids. Like you, you're, you're a grown man as a high school kid. is just how it is. I can no longer like roll my daughter up in a ball because her legs are too strong. And again, like I'm, I, I'm, I'm not a weak guy, but I'm not like a huge burly man. I'm just I, like, I'm a 38 year old guy that makes it to the gym consistently. And I've been a, around in some fights before. So what I'm trying to say is it's, I, I literally, can't, I don't think I can physically do it uh, without like ha- really having to uh, make some offenses there. And which is not okay. So we no longer do that. We've had to find other avenues. Tanner's has been the kid that we've always, regardless of age, we've had to change disciplinary actions to go what works today because tomorrow it probably won't work. And we kind of have to move around and find what it is. And it's very fluid. So that's what we do. And even when that happens, going back to this point, I have to treat her like she hasn't done anything wrong. And so it's that line of I am going to discipline you because I love you. I'm going to protect our family appropriately. And at the same time, I like when you're mad at me and I've sent you to your room and I took your phone, I'm still going to come tuck you in at night and cuddle with you and talk to you about your day and pray for you and kiss you and tell you that I love you and that I'm proud of you and I'm going to leave. Like that's always going to happen whether you are saying, get out of my room, go away, leave me alone, I hate you, whatever words are being used at that time. I can't let that affect me. Why? Because I'm the grown-up and the parent, and she's the kid. That's okay. Like, you're supposed to be the kid. You're supposed to make stupid decisions. You're supposed to say stupid things because that's a part. Uh, like, I'm not saying I don't expect you to deal with your stuff. I don't ex- I, I'm not saying I don't expect you to have a high standard of character or integrity and to do things right. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is I also understand. Like, I was afforded the opportunity to be an idiot. This was. And that was a, that's a part of growing up. Now, there are always consequences to the dumb things you do, which is fair. And at the same time, it, like you, they have to grow up. Like You have to let them fail. You have to give them opportunity to do it wrong and then be okay when they do it wrong. And not only that, it, giving them the freedom of having the conversations with you of, hey, I need to tell you how I got it wrong and not freaking out on them. And... And that's part of it. Like when that happens, then you still have to treat them the exact same way. And and trying to understand that that balance of like there's nothing that you can do that's going to change how much God loves you, right? Like you can't do anything to make him love you more. You can't do anything to make him love you less. Like take that one, write it down, and think about it later because it's not really what we're talking about, but it completely relates. It doesn't matter what she does. There's nothing you can do that's going to earn more love or how proud I am of you. And there's nothing you can do to take away from that either. Like it's always as much as it can be. And so when that happens, you do like do it anyways, like whatever it is. Like when, when I walk in the room, this happened two nights ago, three nights ago, whenever it was, we had sent her to bed. Like we're all having dinner. Tanner's annoyed with her mom. She's speaking to her unkindly. I immediately like, go to your room. We're done. So she leaves. Dax finishes up. 
he goes to do whatever it is he's doing that night. And she comes back like five, ten minutes later and apologizes. And kind of like in the middle of the apology is committing the same offense again to Ryan. And again, address it every time. And we're like, that's you go, you're going to bed. You are now through, just like done. And so she goes, gets in bed. She's mad. I don't remember if the door slammed or not, but it probably wasn't quiet. And I don't know, 20, 30 minutes later, because it was like 745. Our kids used to go to bed at like 830. And I go in there. We're putting Dax in bed. Um, I go in Tanner's room and climb in the bed. And she's like, go away. I don't want you here. And I didn't even, I don't even address that. Like I do exactly what I always do. Like I crawl in bed, tuck her in, cuddle with her. Talked in, literally was crazy. She she started with "Go away, I don't want you here." Like blanket over the head, rolled over. It was less than two minutes later. She's telling me multiple stories about the day and what happened. Like I, whatever mean words they use, I'm convinced they don't be, they don't actually mean or believe. It just happens to be what's coming out, and that's just how it is. And like you gotta you gotta be man enough to not even recognize that it's a statement, and keep doing your job the way it's so supposed to be done and, and it's just how it is so keep keep treating them like they haven't done anything wrong meaning address discipline appropriately love them the way you're supposed to and then treat them like nothing ever happened and, and believe it like you got you got to get there so th- those are those are two things that that are huge as we go through this number three show up for everything I want to read some of this. I feel like it's always been easier for us to be at the games and things for our son because it's always felt natural. It's like felt normal. Like, what do you do when you raise a kid? Like, you go to baseball games, you go to basketball games, you go to football games. It's just a part, like, when you see it on TV, that's what they're doing. And, yeah, sometimes you see the soccer things and all that. But, like, what's associated with being a little boy? Youth sports. Just is. And and dad coaching and being there and, and everyone's cheering. It's, it's totally normal. Not only that, but Dax, not that if you don't do it, it's abnormal. It's just saying, like, that's a normal thought when we think of that. You're offended. I'm sorry. Dax also has, he, like, he loves sports. He just does. And so it's been a really easy thing for us because he, he's excited, so it makes the family excited. It's, it's like we don't have to, like, man, no, man, you get to play. Let me convince. He's like, let's go. I'm like, I'm already dressed. Look, look your Dad, you're running late. What's going on? Because he's always on time. I'm not. He's better than I am, period. Tanner, on the other hand, has hated every sport she's been a part of. Like, she played volleyball. She hated it. She got better at it, but she still kind of hated it. It's like, I'm done. She then tried to run cross country. She hated it. She ran track. She hated it. She played soccer. She hated it. She refuses to play basketball, I think partially because Ryan played. And she's like, no, I'm not doing that. So she's a cheerleader, and she, she loves that. So she's a cheerleader, and she has tumbling for the cheering. And, you, like, you got to be at everything. Like, show up. Like, I coach JV football. Tanner cheers for eighth grade football. They play different. Like, they play opposite. And so if we're home, they're away. If they're home, we're away. And the games are around the same time. So I typically am trying to get from my game and get there as quickly as I can to try to see the halftime show and the second half of the cheering and, and to 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 do it in the way that makes her feel like dad showed up, and so 
Ryan and I have the luxury of our job now affords us the opportunity to always be at things. And at least one of us will be there. And then again, like if there's a, there are some conflicts for me with football. There have been some games I can't be at simply because our game ran long. There's ran short. I don't, and I don't get back in time, even if we're making the effort. And it's so the, I get that. And at the same time, like we're showing up, we had a pep rally today at nine. Like we're all there. Like we're there. Grandparents are there. My parents are there. Like everybody's there to watch the cheer dance. And why? Because it's important for her to know like they're like they're present here. And even though she's like when it's over, she's like, I don't want to see you. I want to take a picture with you. I want you to hug me. Don't like don't talk to me right now. Leave me alone. I'm angry. Okay. But you like it it isn't about that part. It's about like you did your part to be present. So when she's playing soccer, she hates soccer. She sat on the bench. Guess who watched her sit on the bench? We did. And it, like the choir thing, she didn't want to go to like you're still there. So in in most parents, I think like at least what I see, most of them show up for stuff. Like that's pretty consistent. People are at those things. And again, Ryan and I have the luxury because we own our own business and have put ourselves in a position for that to be like that's that's a decision that we made. There's a reason that that we are able to go. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. At least one of us can be engaged and involved with what you're doing, because we said at one point, no longer are our careers going to dictate the decisions we make. Our kids are, not meaning they get to make the decision. But when we sit down and go, what's what is the most important thing we can do? What's the best thing? What do we feel like there is a clear direction or um. The reason we moved to Grapevine was a very specific, like, no, we believe that this is where the Lord wants us to put our kids for very specific reasons. And we, like, the process for us was prayer, searching the scriptures, and then the community that was around us speaking into that. And with that, and then we took it and went, okay, what's the wisest decision to make with what's most important? And it's like, that's... That is the main reason. There are more, more than one reason, but it was the main reason that I pulled the trigger on resigning from my position in a church and walking away and moving where we moved and putting myself in a position where it's much harder to get a job as a pastor because because we're not moving. If you're watching this and you're like, man, I want that. I got to be a pastor. Nobody's doing that right now. Like nobody's chasing you. And I like I'm not moving. My kid's 14. My other kid's 10. We will not move until he graduates high school. It just won't, it's not going to happen. doesn't matter what you call and offer. You can call and offer me the keys to the kingdom of whatever kingdom, and I'm not coming because what we said was this is what's most important. We're going to put them at this school because we believe that's what we're supposed to do. And, and again, it wasn't like we had a vision. It was like, and I'm not trying to be cheese on this. I, we don't, I don't attach that to very many things. We live in Grapevine because we went through that process and we said, no, this we truly believe this is what the Lord has placed in front of us and that's what we're going to do. And so we're doing it. And, and nothing will deviate from that. <clears throat> Which then meant, we, we so we pieced that and then we planned life around all those things. And all those things, all that thing is how we lined out life. When I sat down with a pastor one time after I moved back and we were talking through, I was like, man, I'm like, I can't find a job as a pastor. And and I'm beginning to do this, and it's frustrating me. And he's like, man, you, well, you've limited yourself. Like, you could find a job as a pastor. You just have to be willing to move. I'm not willing to move, so I can't find a job as a pastor, so I'll do something else because because that's not what's most important in my life. My kid is. And so that's what we did. 
which means we put ourselves in a position to be able to show up to everything so that we're always there because that's what's most important. Like, is making this dollar more important than that? No, then we're going there. And, like, that's literally how it works. There's, I, I'm a firm believer. Like, there's nothing that you can't do. You just have to be willing to pay the price to do it, right? And so whatever that is. Meaning, like, if you hate your job, you can leave it. You just got to be willing to pay the price for not being there. Cool. You want another degree? Go get it. Just be willing to pay the price to do it. You want to you want to have a hundred thousand followers or a million followers on Instagram? Great. Just be willing to pay the price to do it. You want to lose fifty pounds? Be willing to lose fifty pounds. You want to have kids who love and adore you? Do what it takes for that to take place. Like when they're when you're dying and your son's reading, you know, last words about you. If you want to write down, this is what I want to be said about me. Then pay the price for those things to be what are true. Period. I don't, I, I'm sorry, that was a hard shift to the right and just a rant. What I'm trying to get at right now is the things that I'm doing in this moment in time to wrestle with the teenager in our house are always address the disrespectful, unkind words to mom and brother. Number two, treat her like she hasn't done anything wrong. And number three, show up. Like... You got to be there, got to be involved, got to be there, got to be present <clears throat> and, and engaged. So I'm going to read the last paragraph for you. The only thing more challenging than raising, oops, I'm not going to read that because I stopped that sentence. <laughs> read it, it's kind of funny. I stopped and Ryan made me go make the bed and I didn't complete the thought. And so when I sat down to finish, I was like, I don't remember the thought, but I left it because it's kind of funny. So whatever I wanted to say there was very impactful and forgetful at the same time, but raising a teenage daughter is a challenge. And at the same time, I absolutely love that little woman more than anything and she is she is my world like those three people they're it and that's what we've wrapped everything around so like my efforts right now are to take advantage of the last few years we have of her in our home because there aren't many left like we're at the end of, of middle school you have four years of high school and then it's donezo i know some of you are like no it's not donezo we come back after college maybe that cool you know whatever whatever you can do to help your kid help your kid if that means stop giving them money that that may be what's best or if they need some give it to, i mean well, i don't know whatever the situation is the point is being a parent is a challenge even if nothing major traumatic happens it's a challenge day in and day out and right now those are the things that i'm learning about having a teenage girl because I don't know nothing about how their mind works. And that's cool because she's cool. Now I'm going to show you what it's like to fade up the intro music. I'm not going to show you that yet. Why? Because my intro music stopped. And now I'm going to fade it. It didn't stop. I just got it again. <laughs> See, look at that. Andrew Holder, thanks again for the IP for this thing. Thanks for tuning in, tuning in one more time to the Still Home Podcast. I think I'm going to have Ryan on in a couple weeks, and we may talk about some marriage and raising kids or maybe work or something cool. I don't know. So she's fun. Also got another guy uh, coming up. His name is Jeff Reed. He's a online church guy, and so we're actually doing that podcast next week. And so excited about that one coming out. Also dropping one from a guy named Travis Stevens guy I met 
uh, who also is a writer for a church website uh, that I also write stuff for. And so we connected, and he's a pastor in Tennessee, so I'm going to drop that one next week as well. So anyways, so like the show, share the show, comment the show, uh, follow the show, leave a review. Well, I don't know what platform you're looking at it on, so however you engage there, engage there, and that would be awesome. And I, did my intro music end again? Uh, well, if it ended, whatever. Have a great day. Enjoy your weekend. Later.